Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Living, welcome back. Hey, Pat. Hey, man. Episode 14, only one episode tonight for the two guys in the VL podcast studio. Short, sweet, and good. Mm hmm. So, let's give it at the top our contact information. You know, now that we have 17 likes on one of our Facebook pic, uh, wow. on one of our Instagram pictures, yeah. we're going to need to give that contact information out because. Fuck. The Is it stardom. safe to say we're blowing up? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, like, I'm sure Brad Pitt went through this, like, when he did Thelma and Louise, and, yeah. you know, probably Chris Pine when he did Star Trek. Like, when you have that first big thing, and for us, mm-hmm. it was that Instagram post that got us 17 total likes. The Beatles come to America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's you, you just want to check yourself. Before you wreck yourself kind of thing, you know? We've got to make sure we don't get the bends, you know, come up a little too quick. So I, I, I don't necessarily want to give it out because I know that the emails and the, the DMs are going to start sliding and flooding in. Probably um, too, too quickly for the, the Gmail servers to handle. We could shut down the entire system. But begrudgingly, just give it out and then they can, okay. you know, give, <laughs> they I can mean, give it out. Fine, all right. Vicarious Living Podcast on Instagram, Vicarious Living Pod at gmail.com. Yep. Hit us up, but not too much. Not too much, kids. Um, still waiting on uh, hearing back from Henry M. We did, t- it was like he sent us that one fucking email and then he must have been so off put by us that he never got back at us. So, Henry M., fucking send us an email, bitch. You know where we're at. We just told you. Why don't you, um, so you listened to, last week when we played the interview, when I went east to, to get the feedback from the East Coast kids, um, you heard the interview after it was it was put up there. So, officially, what, what was your feedback of getting out there with the kids in the East? I really enjoyed it. My first thought was I, I enjoyed, because I listened the whole episode back. And I was getting bored by listening to us two talk, and I was much more enjoying you and Megan talking. So, if that That's tells you anything, maybe I was just tired of hearing my own voice, but when you guys came on, I felt like things livened up. That's high praise, um, but I don't want you to forget that, look, you cannot spell vicarious living without wind and pipes. That's a good point. That's a good point. But so you guys were fantastic. The only thing I'm worried about is just you leaving me in the dust, right? Because honestly, you guys were better than us two. So I, we just I wouldn't gotta, say we gotta that. Step, we got to step. It's arguing. high praise, though. I, I see what you're doing. You're you're keeping the expectations low on yourself. So I, I see what you're doing. Um, <laughs> but I will say that's high praise. I'm sure she'll love to hear that, Megan. Good job by you. Megan, I'm sure you will. Fantastic love that. job. You're natural. You really. Uh, you really know how to uh, get the best out of BD right here. Yeah, and hopefully uh, Joey, the guy that she threw under the bus really fucking hard with that rose thing. Um, that, 
doesn't was, care too much. That was easily a highlight for me. I <laughs> really enjoyed that you guys talked shit about actual people and left it in. Appreciate oh, but that. your one praise that I, I, you did say that was a very good compliment we also have to throw out is that you said why why you think we get along and that's because when I'm like going off on some ridiculous fucking thing. Oh yeah, she's just down to roll. Right. Yeah. Which I realize that is fucking true because anytime I'm talking with someone and I think this dovetails into your TMI guy, the person who doesn't just like roll with whatever weird tangent you're going on and weird fucking thing. That person's the worst. Fuck that guy. I really liked her take on Tammy Taylor because we have not drilled in on Tammy Taylor that much. When we talk about her, it's mostly in the context of us liking the acting between her and Coach T. Yeah, they're dynamic. But uh, I, I, think she, I think she said every single sentence that comes out of her mouth is uh, either sarcastic or passive-aggressive. Oh, yeah. Oh, and no! She, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no! <laughs> and yeah. It, she made it clear that that did not make her not like Tammy Taylor. In fact, it made her like her even more, but she just wanted to acknowledge that. Yeah. No, it was good stuff. Okay, should we get we're only doing one episode tonight? Episode 14. Should we dive right in? Okay, I don't have anything else planned. <laughs> okay. Episode 14, Upping the Ante. We, uh, we wanted to uh, just focus on this one episode because it was fucking packed full of gems. So we're going to go through it. Um, started out with a little barbecue scene with Jason Street and uh, Lila's parents, Buddy, and whatever the fuck the mom's name is. Buddy's wife. Buddy's <laughs> Lila's mom. You could call her either one. I will say, though, real quick uh, about Buddy's wife. I've never seen someone casted so perfectly for someone's mom between her and Lila. The, the, the visual resemblance that the actress who plays Lila's mom and Lila is uncanny. It's mm. like It looks like her mom in real life probably would look. Do we get a shot from the knee down? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, that's really going to be the deciding factor because i don't know what i'm trying to think of what buddy garrity's working with below the knees he's either one of two things got he's either got the bad cankles and he's just a pure like super unathletic chunky guy with the nasty cankles or this is probably more than likely he's got the fat guy like gigantic ball calves where it's like they've been you know with the old man sleeves on the calves uh, potentially <laughs> it's to like compress them to lock them in like fit- they're compressing compression socks for just your calves <laughs> it could be to keep the circulation going <laughs> no i actually think buddy gives me the i think he was like a running back in high yeah, school and he just let the wheels come off yeah, but i think he's athletic the, the big big fat guy calves so i think the uh the the cankles run on the maternal side yeah so we're and gonna, I should not call them cankles anymore. We should start calling them thankles because that's what they are. They go all the way up. It, the thigh, it's the thigh merging with the ankle. It's not the fucking just the calf merging with the ankle. Okay. No offense. But yes, to your first point, I do agree. They look a lot alike. So anyways, they're at a barbecue. And um, a lot of... I'm, uh, let's play a clip here. Let's put a clip in. This is... Uh, I called it uh, patronizing on patronizing crime here. This yeah. is between... Lila's mom and Street at this barbecue. Here it is. You got to be really fast. It's a really, really hard position, but I think I'm, I think I'm good enough for it. So is this what I see them playing at the YMCA sometimes? Oh no, ma'am. That's uh, that's wheelchair uh, basketball. 
There's a, there's a huge difference. Oh, yeah, huge. <laughs> well, there is a, a big difference, Mr. Garrity, there. I mean, the guys that play quad rugby, they're world-class athletes. Three of them won uh, medals last year at the World Did Championships. They? Yeah. 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 Oh, I know. I know. It's great. It's, it's a great hobby. Come on in. Dad, it's we... not a hobby. You can't make a living from honey, so it must be a hobby. That's quad basketball, or that's wheelchair basketball. Uh, yeah, that's that's pat on pat crime for sure. And as a pat myself, I feel like I could weigh in on this with authority. That was brutal. That's pat on pat crime, pretty brutal. Yeah, that that was uh, <laughs> just like yeah, her trying to undermine him. Like, oh, what's that? Your little quad rugby bullshit that no one cares about. And, and then, then even worse, that was bad enough. And even worse was him coming over the top. Like, <laughs> what? You don't know every detail about all. Rugby sports? Or all... About all, all quadriplegic her. sports, you stupid woman? <laughs> if I, yeah, I guess... Wheelchair if, basketball? Ever heard of it? If I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kind of can't... I guess if I'm able... If I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, which I'm in a charitable mood, I can step back and say, well, they are his girlfriend's parents. They should be slightly more interested in what he's got going on in his life. <laughs> yeah. Maybe show up to one game. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if that's called game or match quad rugby stuff, but it's a match. It's a match. How about this? <laughs> it's a match. Okay. <laughs> you know, patronizing way that. to say it. It's a match. After that scene, we started to see there's a little bit of trouble in paradise mm-hmm. between our two favorite teens. Matt S. It's Matt Saracen and Jilly T. Yep. And I don't like seeing it. But, you know, to have a successful relationship, Pat, mm-hmm. you need to go through some rocky times. Dude, Pat, here's the deal. Relationships are a roller coaster, okay? Uh-huh. And there's some pitfalls, there's some loops, there's some those twisty things on roller coasters, there's all that. Corkscrews? Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, we know that they love each other, but right now they're going through a little bit of a rough patch. Can you uh, kind of break it down? So they initially they have they it first happens at Applebee's where where everything happens. Yes, Applebee's in Dillon, Texas is essentially like Town Hall. Jeff Ruby's or I don't even know if it's the fact that it's a nice restaurant. It's, it's like the, the only it's just the spot to be. Yeah. Everyone's there. It's it's where everything's happening. Anyone who's anyone is there and it's always popping. And the first sign of trouble comes in where like his duties as QB of the Dylan P's are starting to take him out of the relationship. Like they're talking about her school, his and all that. And then all of a sudden it's like, they have a local radio show for the Dylan P's there. It's like, Matt QB of Dylan P's is actually here in the Applebee's. Come on up. And his teammates are starting to grab him to stuff. They're taking him to get those pictures with the rally girls. They're taking him for a whole bunch of just teen debauchery. And, she doesn't like that because, unlike everyone else, she likes the mat off the field. Mm-hmm. It's They'll get through it. I don't fear that they will get through it, but it's definitely just we got to keep watch. You know? Yep. The ice is thinning a little bit. So the, the, thinning. the only thing that is of, of an important note, because we know they're going to work through that, is that she starts friending Tyra, who's not a great influence. No, she had... She starts to get hang out a little bit with a cool girl. That'll come back. Let's hold on that for a second, because that is going to come back a little later on in this episode, the Tyra stuff. Let's hold on that for a second. 
and get into what I would say is the biggest meat of this episode, which is the dynamic between Tim mm-hmm. and Mr. Tim. Yep. Old Dad Riggins. So, why don't you explain what their dynamic is? Remind the kids what their dynamic is up to this point. So, Tim's dad left the family. Um, I guess he's an alcoholic. Um, and he left the family when Tim was about 10. Yeah. And I'm assuming his brother was like in high school at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, Tim kind of still like holds out for hope that his dad's a good guy. His brother, absolutely, Billy Riggins, absolutely hates the dad. Because he had lived through all the shit and kind of like probably stand up to him and all this stuff while he was like being a drunk asshole. Yep. So really, this is the first time we ever see Dad Rick. Does he have a name? I'm going to keep calling him Dad Riggins if not. Let's just call him Mr. Tim. And the reason he has to see Mr. Tim is because Tim is starting to get in like some legal trouble. Like a speeding ticket. Speeding ticket. But it, he's had a bunch, so like he had to go to court for it and get his parents' signature. Yeah, he needed a legal garden signature, so he needs to drive out to whatever... San Antonio. San Antonio. Um, Billy's not technically his legal guardian, so that's why he's got to go get his dad's signature. Yes. So he drives out there, sees his dad on the golf course, and his dad is like the fucking king of this like bullshit little small ass town in like this part of san antonio everyone on the golf course knows them it's clear that like the riggins cool is is not invented by tim it's an inherited thing like right the charm the charm of a riggins is spread throughout the whole family clearly the dad is not a good dad but like he's a fun guy like a party guy everybody that he's hanging around likes him but it's interesting because it's like the riggins charm crushes in small towns small groups but i don't know if it works like you see later when tim goes to like new york and it's very much like a very small fish and a big sea kind of vibe and it's same i think with this dad like i think a riggins really thrives in like a small town where everyone knows that the fucked up things you do they kind of like laugh it off like oh that's just tim being tim that's just Mr. Tim being Mr. Tim. It's like you can always fall back on the fact that everyone's known each other for the past 10 years so you can get away with some shit. But if you take them, you pluck them out of the small town, I don't know if they thrive. Remember well, it's a, it's fucking a, Tim when he goes off to college? He like can't handle it. It's too many people. He like suffocates when he does that. I forget what season that is. And he like can't even last at college more than like two weeks. And he was only at San Antonio State. It's the kind of thing where in this episode, when when, uh, Riggins goes to see Mr. Tim, he basically just leaves school and practice for like two straight days. Yeah, that was weird. And nobody really cares because it's like, oh, he's off doing Riggins stuff. But like in some other setting, if you do that, it's just like, what the fuck? Okay. Are you, I guess you're not going to school anymore? They barely address that even. It was just some loose comment that his dad said to him around the fire that one night where he was like, what about coach? What's coach going to say? You not being there for like three, four days, whatever. Like, and he's like, it's my thing. And then he was like, it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the whole time with this dad, we, we got to say is that Tim is viewing this very differently than his dad. Tim's viewing it as the signature I need is just an excuse to connect with my dad who yeah. I haven't seen. And he like, wants, he's in like years. rekindling mode. Yeah. And his dad He's not tied to this family at all. He's selfish he, as fuck. He does not miss Tim Riggins. No, he's a <laughs> selfish piece of shit prick. 
and all he cares, he's a narcissistic fuck, all he cares about is himself. And so Tim goes there to get a signature. They start like playing uh, this round of golf. And it's very different how they're viewing this round of golf. Tim's viewing it as like, yeah, I'm bonding with my dad. Male on male, Mr. Tim on young Tim, camaraderie. And Mr. Tim's viewing it like, this is a wager, son. <laughs> what we're gambling on in this, whoever wins this, that's what I get out of this. Yeah, that basically to take a quick step back is that Tim bets his dad, if I beat you in this round of golf, which we got to talk for a little bit about how funny it is of the, the Riggins family playing golf. <laughs> Put a pin in that. Yeah. Anyways, they make a bet where uh, Tim says, if I beat you in this round of golf, you have to come back on Friday to Dylan and watch me play football. And his dad's like, ooh, that's a good one because I don't want to fucking do that at all. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, no. Bet. So then they get involved in this really intense competitive round of golf where mulligans aren't even being taken. Yeah. Apparently. And uh, and Tim's dad ends up winning on the last hole and just getting so excited. Hold on, now let me play this clip of his dad's reaction to him win- winning. Yeah. Here, it is. Here it is. Yes! It's a ball game right there, boy. Ah, oh, that was a good effort, partner. <laughs> you had me worried there for a minute. <laughs> what? Billy was right. I shouldn't have come here in the first place. It's a mistake. Hang on now. You made it's the bet, mistake. and I beat you fair and square. Congratulations. Is that what you need right now? Hey, you be a man. Is that you win, be a man. man? Come on, you win. And take my hand. Hey, Timmy, you get back over here and shake my hand. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, whoa, bud, calm down. He's that excited because he doesn't have to go back to Dylan to watch his son play football. Yeah. On Friday night under the lights. <laughs> like that's his reaction to not having to go watch his son play football for the first time. Probably. God, he's such a bad dad. And it's still never mentioned. I... Where's the mom? Where Does she ever come mom? back? Does she no. ever come into it? I mean, maybe it, she's just way off the map. I don't... It's never addressed. Tim's mom. You'd feel like if, if she tragically passed her way or something, they would bring it up or something, but, like, it's never fucking addressed. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, just the fact that golf runs in the Riggins jeans... Oh, yeah. Literally the Riggins jeans, because they do golf in jeans. It's <laughs> yeah, one, yeah. one of my favorite parts yeah. about this show. And I didn't even make the connection, but I think like one of his hobbies, other than playing football, Riggins just loves playing golf because yeah. there's a scene where he's brooding and he's just hitting golf balls into a ravine looking cool as shit one time. Left-handed. Left. He's lefty. And then in this scene, at, like, at no other point has he ever mentioned golf, but he is just crushing it. Seemingly from the shots that they show, it's like... Him like hitting the greens from 200 yards out in the fairway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he probably shoots like I don't know. He probably shoots like a 75 in this round of golf with his dad. <laughs> yeah. Two two fun facts about that. One piggybacking on the golf point you made. Um, he's just a really good athlete. And I was I one of my fun facts this week is that Tim started playing ice hockey in Canada, aka Canada, mm-hmm. the age of three. Literally, that's ice hockey is huge in Canada. That's dude. a little old for Canadian. True. That's true. I'm surprised he wasn't skating right out the fucking womb. But 
he was in he was in ice hockey uh, from the age of three. Did that for twenty years. I was doing some like lame ass, you know, research on the internet on Wikipedia, and there was like all these links that to the sound lame at all. <laughs> there was all these links to the hockey, the youth hockey team he played for in Canada. And apparently, it's like this really prestigious like hockey team in north of the border in Canada. I was kind of getting the vibe. It was like Oak Hill Academy, like for basketball here in the States, where it's just like this like super competitive sort of hockey team or whatever. So I think, yeah, he's just a really good athlete, really good hand-eye coordination. And then two, the other fun fact about his fucking dad, Shane Falco's backup in the replacements. What? Ever heard of him? Wow, nice pool. I did not even realize that. He's the uh, fucking, he's the guy, the starting QB of the Washington uh, Sentinels or whatever their fucking name is on that team that uh, when they go on strike, he's like the piece of shit going on strike. And uh, Shane Falco, a.k.a. Keanu Reeves, comes in. A lefty in his own right mm-hmm. scabs uh-huh. his way onto the team, crosses <laughs> the fucking picket lines, leads the Washington team to the playoffs. But anyways, um, okay, so off of Tim and his dad. I just just have one point about Jason. Jay, I just wrote down Jason makes me not want to be a Jeep guy. Ooh, yeah. And I, fun fact about me, Jeep guy. Jeep guy. Love Jeeps. I'm not a car guy at all, and Jeep is like the only car that I've ever been into. Uh, I just, over the past five years, slowly used Inception on my wife to get her to eventually want to buy a Jeep herself. Yeah, now she's a Jeep girl. Now she's a Jeep girl. We're a Jeep Jeep couple. Yeah. (laughs) Jeeple. We're Jeeple. Yeah. It was was the best. I, I had a Jeep, got a company car, had to get rid of my Jeep. And that's why the Inception started. What uh, what do you think it is about the Jeep? I don't know. Just like the look of the Jeep? Yeah. G.I. Joe stuff? No. I think when I was test driving cars, uh, I just never... I Any car I got in, I was just like I had this no real... This is my Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> I just had no real connection to it. And then for whatever reason, I got into a Jeep Wrangler and I just felt like, yep. I am just enough of a douche to where this needs to be my ride. No, it looks good on you. Um, I, the only funny thing that happened was, um, uh, we're going to play a clip here. When they're in that Jeep, they get into a little argument, him and Lila, because obviously, uh, them getting engaged turns out not a great idea at the age of 16. Not the most well thought out thing. And so now they're getting into all these fucking arguments about like, we're going to go off to college. Are we going to get jobs? What are we going to do? Where are we going to live? And, uh, they get into this big argument and then it ends with, uh, this, this clip. Here it is. I just think that we're too young right now and we're rushing into this and I don't want to make a mistake. Message received, Lila. Loud and clear. Mm. Can you please get my chair for me? And easily the fucking worst part. Well, not the worst part, but one of the top three worst parts about Third being a worst par- part. Yeah, paraplegic is... Uh, if you ever get into an argument, there's no storming off. Uh-uh. Especially if you're seated in a car, in a vehicle. It's just rough. You have to, like, go through this whole big blow-up, drag-out fight, and then, like, just when you're about to, like, storm off and be like, fuck you, bitch, give her the middle finger, you gotta say, oh, by the way, can we get my chair? 
get my wheelchair out of the car. That's rough. You know, you know, I got a big soft soft spot for Street, but I do want to say, he is the worst at getting engaged. God, he sucks. He, I mean, why don't you give the kids some tips on and being kids, engaged the right way? Because you are engaged right now. Kids, number one rule about getting engaged. Yeah. Ask the father's permission. Oh yeah, you gotta do it. It's a good tip, and do not do what Street did and not do it. Skip that step. Not only did he skip that step. But he fucking told the father by rubbing it in his face aggressively. Like, yeah. oh yeah? Oh yeah? Well, I'm marrying your daughter. <laughs> so, fucking kids, don't do that. Kids, don't fucking do that. It, it just shows you what happens if you don't have that uh, seal of approval from your future dad. Uh, it's going to go pretty horribly. Yeah, don't, don't get engaged like Street does. Um... I mean, he does lead a great example in other ways, but this one, big, big no-no. Just a quick point on Buddy as we're talking about this. He goes to practice every single day, and the Dylan Pease practice is at, like, 3 p.m.? Yeah. That's when school gets out? School gets out. You'd imagine they have time to get changed. Maybe, uh... (laughs) Why is he there every day? He's there in the middle of the workday at 3, like, every single day, just... And the and the coaches all let him just go on the field. Uh-huh. And I kinda I guess added to the list of why I love him, but I, I just kinda like that he's given that uh exclusive access. Um okay. We're at practice now. Mm-hmm. A lot of smash stuff. We talking about it? We're talking about practice. You know what? Let's just play Allen Iverson right here. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. We talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? We talking about practice, man. Yes, we are talking about practice. And we have not said a lot of the Smash storylines, but honestly, I was thinking during this episode, Smash finally got fucking interesting for yep. this podcaster. I I have some notes on it. Okay, go ahead. Um, so, Smash has been on the steroids. He got caught with the steroids. His mom told the coach about the steroids. So he's been suspended from playing football. And he's basically in the doghouse with a capital D. Yep. Essentially, he's just basically working just to get... Just to get back in Coach's good graces. Yeah, he's got to go there every morning at like 5 a.m. And like clothes. Dude, what does he have? What's Coach making him do? Laundry? He's making him do laundry. Yeah. And then he's also like giving him all the shitty reps in practice. Like he's like blocking and all this just not glamorous stuff. He's got to humble him. Meanwhile, he's just, I I don't know anything about steroids. We probably should have done research. But I'm assuming there's some uh, like a bit of a withdrawal. All I know is you get a big head, and I only know that from Barry Bonds. <laughs> and I assume your dick gets well, smaller let's just and say back you're on you're, You've been on steroids for three months. You stop cold turkey. I'm assuming there's some kind of like a... Like withdrawal. A, a withdrawal, where yeah. you're just not feeling awesome. Right. So he's, he's, he's kind he's of playing. He's, he's foggy. Yeah, he's dragging a practice. Anyways, he's just... Uh, he's low. Oh, we should play that clip. Of where coaches yelling at him when he's all in the haze. Yeah. Yeah. This is this was just a hilarious. Here it is. I was just doing what I'm told. You know what? Don't talk back to me. You talk back to me. You no, think sir. you're special? You can no, talk back no, to me now. No, you know sir, what I want no, you to do? No. I want you to go down the end zone. You give me 20 suicides. Coach, 
22 shots in the end zone right now, Brian. Brian. <laughs> just, I, uh, honestly, there's only two, there's only one person in the show that calls him Brian. His mom. And that's his mom. And Coach T. And no coach calls him Smash. So for the, it's like, God damn, it really hit home when he called him Brian. It was like, holy shit. It sounded like me when I yell at you when you're doing bad. Oh yeah. When I'm being a bad boy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm being a bad podcaster in this podcast studio. Yeah. Um, I did love that scene. That would happen to me though. It, It rings true because my parents, my Parents never really call, they call me Bri or they had like other nicknames for me growing up. They never, but whenever they would say like, Brian. That's your, your, I'm fucked. Name. Yeah. It's Everybody's like, got one. fuck. <laughs> um, and then, so continuing the smash stuff. Um, oh, Mrs. Coach T um, comes in for a second to just kind of drop this little nugget in there. Obviously, she's riding Coach T for one reason or another. Not literally, as we know. As we know. But she makes a really good point, actually. She can tell that he's like all like worked up about the Smash stuff, not knowing what to do with him. And she said, I forget her exact quote, but she said he's got like a basically like a trickle down system on how he oh, yeah. like views football. Like he's so serious yeah. about football that like it deflects to, down, or I guess it I runs. it up. The way that he treats the game of football is starting to rub off on the kids, where he's so fucking serious about it right. that all the yeah. kids just have lost the fun in it. And even Smash is so scared that he's not going to perform well that he started doing steroids. And he's just, it's not fun for him. Right. Anymore. It's not, it, Coach is so dead serious that it's taking it from being a fun game into like fucking work. Yes, exactly. And you don't want to do that, not with the, the game we know and love. Um,. And this is where the interest for me started to come in with Smash, is the scene where Coach Taylor goes and visits him at his house. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you like that scene? I love that scene because it really humanized uh, Coach T and Smash. Honestly, I have not been that connected with Smash thus far, and I know they really start to peel back. There's layers on that onion as we go. But up until this point, they really haven't. It's all been surface-level shit with Smash, so I like that because it was just outside of his apartment. Coach went over there. He's like, look, Smash, here's the deal, bud. Football's got to be fun. It's a good game. It's it's not to be taken this serious, all this shit. got to get it out of your head. And then these kids are playing football in the backyard. Great. That That's our boy Pete right there. That's Pete Berg. While Pete they're having this conversation, there's kids just playing backyard football in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Um... It, it, it so yes, in summation, Smash is really starting to grow on me now. I like these storylines because I can relate to them more. I can relate to them more than like him like saying the phrase uh, like touching diamonds in the sky, girl. It's <laughs> yeah, like that what? Just just gross. And steroids, I can't relate to that. But if you show me a kid star running back, dude, mm-hmm. lightning quick speed, yeah, fucking. Hooking up with tons of chicks all the time. Steroids. Now I can relate. <laughs> you know? And then and then they start coach and Smash start playing pickup football with these kids and they find their joy. Which, Which by the they way find their joy again. They do. They do find their joy. We like seeing that. 
Um, but to your point that you just brought up earlier, I wanted to say um, about coach like being way too serious and stuff. Have you seen anyone who brings their work home with them more than Coach T? God damn. He's he's on the clock 24-7. Oh, my God. Like, dude, as soon as 5 o'clock hits for me every single day, and to be quite honest, kids, I check out much sooner than that. <laughs> I am so checked out of whatever the fuck happened during the workday. Like, I do not... I don't talk about it. Me and Anna, we never talk about it. I don't know how many times you and I have talked about work. I mean, we've known each other 15 or so years. I have a very vague concept of what you actually do. And I have even probably a less concept of what you do. That's good. <laughs> so I know the company you work for, and you know the company I work for, but honestly, I'm pretty sure that's where it begins and ends. No offense to either of us. Uh, actually, uh, our friend... I think it was last night, our friend Ben uh, was talking about us, talking about the TMI guy, and he said he's going to start doing that when somebody starts talking about work. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, whoa, TMI. TMI. (laughs) TMI. (laughs) What do you do for a living, Brian? I don't know. TMI, bro. Fuck yourself. (laughs) But now I'm glad to see that um, Coach and Smash recognize the problem, starting to find their joy. It's kind of like us. Like with this podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like we start getting too caught up in the money, like the piles of cash. The 17 likes on Instagram. Just all the Instagram fame. Just like the fame, the lifestyle, the grind. Right. And then we just, we forget what we're really about. Dude. Just the joy of the game. I said it already on this fucking podcast. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes, even us, two podcasters sitting in this podcast studio. Two humble podcasters. Two humble guys. We need to check ourselves. Uh-huh. Before we wreck ourselves. Did you just make that up? Check yourself before you wreck yourself? Uh-huh. There's no way I made that up, but yes. I like it because it rhymes. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. I made that up. Cool. Um. Okay, off of Smash. Let's get into Tyra. We were saying we were going to talk about Tyra and Julie. So, really, there's just a clip I want to play of Tyra because I thought she had some great advice. But, before I play that clip, I just want to say this. Julie T is my worst fucking nightmare when I have a future child and I call a 16-year-old girl to babysit my child. And the reason I say that is because Matt Saracen asked her to babysit... Not babysit. Matt Saracen asked her to go over and and watch his grandma while he was out at... Where was he? Oh, he was doing the TV show. Oh, he was doing, yeah. So she goes over there, and then when she's over there, she just calls one of her friends over. And it's like, whoa, bitch. If I have a fucking... When when I have kids someday, and I, you know, call up the local fucking neighbor, 16-year-old kid, to come over and watch my children, if I get home and she's just called up a bunch of her fucking friends, I'm going to be very upset. Man. Brash, bold move by Julie T. Man, I feel like this is definitely the sign of not the apocalypse, but definitely the sign that you're turning into full on um, Caleb. <laughs> Caleb Nichol, <laughs> aka Robin Williams from Hook. Yeah, because that was I that thought didn't cross my mind, but I'm glad to see that you're already worried about your kids' babysitters having other friends over. 
look, how I want my future babysitters to come in is I want to I'm just... glad that you're pretty mad at them. Yeah, yeah. I'm locked and loaded on that. I, I just want them to come in with like a couple books, yeah. their school books, and it's like, oh yeah, I figured, you know, when the kids go to bed, I'm just going to sit here and do my homework and stuff. I'll be like, you know what? You just added 20% to that tip I was going to give you. Yeah. Well, I feel like in the future, everybody's house is going to have like cameras in it and stuff, so it'll just... Probably. You'll be able to keep an eye on it. Yeah, Wi-Fi stuff. That's technologies. Put a couple cameras at some other places and just not tell her. <laughs> that's you. I'm not. But that's... <laughs> that's yeah, oh, what? There's a, there's a camera in the toilet? <laughs> no, what? Yeah, why are all these little... Why are all these, um... Why are all these stuffed bears around the house? You have all these teddy bears all around the house. There's like a hundred in this room alone. And and there's like five on the ceiling of the bathroom. I love teddies. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Mr. Mr. Brian. (laughs) Why are there so many teddy bears I like them in there. It's where they belong. Leave them alone. Don't touch them. Don't mind the blinking red light. Don't mind it. Okay. Um. So, anyways, that clip I was talking about, the tyrant does go over, and she invites her over, and uh, it was just a flippant kind of comment made by Tyra, but I liked it. Yeah. Here's what you gotta do. Number one rule in dating a Dylan Panther. I always let them know you have options. But I do have options. I'm going to join the school paper. Mm. I mean, like, the basketball team. I hate that. But I don't know anybody on the basketball team. Isn't that just kind of stupid? Okay, but see, he doesn't have to know that. I'm telling you, he's going to have these rally girls fawning all over him until spring, okay? you got to elevate your game. I love that advice. I mean, some may frown upon that advice because it's probably not, like, the best for, like, a really long-lasting relationship. But what I will say in the gameplay phase of relationships, that is key. It was really practical advice. Let's just say that. And Tyra has been around the block. As we've talked to intern Whitney about, it is okay for us to call Tyra a slut. No. Yeah. Is it? I think. I think because same with Tim. They're just single hooking up with random people all the time. They're cool with it. We can't call Lila a slut. Because Lila isn't. She just cheated. She's a cheater. Thought that's where we netted out. All right, your words. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you're allowed... Yeah, I don't think you're allowed to call girls sluts on the internet. Not even Tyra? No, you can't call any girl a slut. Damn it. Come on, BD, did you learn anything? Never mind. Whitney, she said we can't do it. So, Tyra's officially not a slut, but... Between you and I, Pat, in this podcast studio, she sucks a lot of dick. <laughs> um, but great advice. Great advice from someone who's munching down on a lot of cocks, you know? And that's just the two podcasters sitting here, just talking, between two guys. Um, okay, Pat, off of Tyra, off of everyone. Are you ready for the M-C-I-T-W of the week as I zag? No. Just kidding. 
Yes. The MCITW of the week that is the Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week. Brought to you by Wickleware. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear. Wickleware.com. Type in the promo code VL at checkout. Get 15. Just kidding. It's not 15. It's only 10% off your order. Type in the promo code VL. It would be sweet if we were giving 15%. Maybe at some point depending on the success. Maybe if we get to like 25 likes on Instagram, we'll start giving 15% off. Okay. But for now, it's just 10. Okay, MCITW of the Week is going to Tim's fucking dad. Nice. And I feel like he deserves it because he is the worst dad in fucking history, dude. Like, he just left the entire family without a mom around and left his like 16 year old son Billy who's fucked beyond repair Billy might also have a, ha- a mental handicap he left him in charge of the family like the finances and Tim and raising him and feeding him and and I was just thinking like biggest piece of shit dude like I, I don't there, here's the thing with with Marissa Cooper this is a reward after all one of the big knocks that we would always get on her about is not reading in between the lines and situations. Yeah. Is there anybody who read between the lines less than when Tim was upset that his dad won the bet and was like really excited about not having to go down to Dylan to see him play football? No. The dad's like, yeah, fuck you, son. I won. <laughs> Suck it. Stop. Like, I won the bet. Now I don't have to go watch your football game. And Tim's just like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was like it's such fucking a monster. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Dad. We were having like a little thing here. I figured it was like a given. Like you beat me, and then it's like, hey, but you know what? Or like maybe like a nice moment where the dad's got the three foot putt to sink it, and he misses it. Misses it yeah. on purpose. That would have been a classic move where Tim would have been celebrating, and then the dad, you would a camera would have panned over to him, and it would have shown him, and for a split second, you would see like. I did that on purpose. Yeah. Because I love you, son. Yeah. Weak move. So, with that, be free and explore. Brought to you by Wickloware. Quick would you rather. You inspired me by uh, your segment last week. Oh, okay. I'm back. Would you rather, as a dad... Now you got something to prove. You got someone nipping at your heels. <laughs> I know, right? She lit a fire under me. <laughs> would you rather have Matt Saracen's dad mm. or Tim Riggins' dad as your dad? I think I would I would rather have Matt Saracen's dad because Matt Saracen's dad, he's such a dick. He's such an outward dick. No shame. He's such a he's such a monster of a guy that you can just hate. And with Tim's dad, it kind of comes off sad. And like you have pity and it's like a a depressing it's more of a depressing sad I would rather, if I was going to have my dad leave, I would rather be mad at him and just be full of rage. It's easier to handle rage than it is to handle, like, depression. Okay. So I would choose Matt's dad so I could just be mad. The fucking piece of shit. Good answer. What would you do? I'm going Riggins' dad. Really? I I think it would just be easier to handle. Well, he's in the country... If, like, I mean, if you're cool with just living this lifestyle where you're 16 and you just live with your brother uh, and you just drink beers and hang out with no responsibilities, yeah. if you're fine with that, which I guess in hindsight wouldn't have been good for me, but in high school it would have felt sweet, 
but you could still drive a couple hours away and play 18 holes with your dad whenever you wanted and sit in uh, literally upholstered chairs by the fire outside. Yeah, they do like, do that. Yeah. I feel like I would like that just to be able to go and have an experience with them every once in a while on my own terms when I wanted instead of having that like weird psycho military dad that didn't understand human See, emotions. I think that for me would make it worse though because at least if he was off in another country in Iraq, it's he's out of your life. It's like, it's out, you know? It's just like, oh, anytime you think that guy, oh, that piece of shit, fuck him. He's out of my life. He's not even on the same continent. So I, I can easily put him out of my head. I think for me, knowing that my dad was a two-hour drive away and not fighting some war, and he was just living another life, hanging out in bowling alleys, grabbing girls' asses, and then, yeah, sitting behind outside throwing a dip at a fire every single night by himself, it would just make it more sad and, like, depressing of, like, what the fuck? I'm right here. I'm, <laughs> I'm a drive away. Like, why are you not... What did I do? I'd be blaming myself, I think, more than if my dad was in Iraq. I could just put all the blame on him. I forget if they go. I forget if they use this or not. But I think it's a nice way for Tim to see his own future as hanging out with his dad. Yeah, and I think uh, yeah. that's, he, that's why he kind of at some point, if I'm remembering correctly, he kind of like tries to kick his life up a notch, doesn't he? I he starts trying to make some moves, maybe not successfully, but at least he's not totally cool with the. Texas forever, just bumming around lifestyle. Well, TBD. TBD. Because where we left off this episode, and this is actually a great segue into our song. This song starts playing. Here it is. What's this song? Oh, it's called I Remember by Chris Brocal. Bro as in us, Cal. Brocal. This is a great song, and so the reason why I say TBD on the Tim stuff is because the episode ends, this song's playing. It's like, fuck yeah, dude. It's like, as this song's playing, you're just like, let's go play some football. Yeah, they're doing the clear clear eyes, full hearts can't lose, Smash is doing like a cool prayer. Coach is chomping on his gum, like Tim's sitting there like moving his leg like this, like, you're so anxious and ready. And it's just on. Yeah, you're just like, let's fucking go, let's do this. So Tim leaves the, the golf match and like he just comes back, he's all fucking pissed off. His dad's a piece of shit. And then like when he's going out to the field, getting all jacked up to this song, he's going out to the field, and then Billy like grabs him, he's like, Tim, I need an extra ticket. He's like, what the fuck? Why? And then pan camera pans over. Fucking Mr. Tim. Fucking Mr. Tim. Showed some life, dude. Showed some fucking life, Mr. Tim. He came all the way back from San Antonio. So I say TBD because it's like yet to be seen. I kind of forget how it goes. But right now, Tim's dad is back. If I recall correctly, I'm pretty sure he hangs around for a little while. And he like brings his shittiness, his alcoholism, his fucked up horrible parenting into Tim's world. And I think eventually it ends with Tim just saying like, you got to fucking go. I wanted you to be here, but... That sounds very familiar. I'm kind of now glad you live in San Antonio. Get the fuck out of here, guy. All right, dude. Short and sweet. You want to give your MVP? Yeah. We'll call it. Um, this one was uh, was pretty subtle this week. I'm, uh, I'm tossing it to Coach T. Coach Taylor. Yeah. Just, he got in, he got out. Very solid episode. 
we brought uh brought smash back into the starting lineup started doing a tv show and i will say just as we have been saying as a through line a theme for this entire fucking podcast and probably why coach t is getting that mvp you know what cue the music back up coach is getting that mvp to this fucking music because through line to this fucking the theme of this podcast tonight he checked himself before he fucking wrecked himself he certainly did. So, with that, we will say, tuck on in, kids. You tuck on in, you sleep tight, stay warm, kids. And pat for your eyes, full hearts. Do less. Do way less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.